This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey there, you're listening to More Than Potential, the podcast. On this show, we talk about mental health, well-being, and self-improvement from a Gen Z perspective. I'm your host, Faith. So, how's everybody doing? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. You're doing great. That's good to hear. I'm doing pretty good myself. Um, Like I mentioned in the past few episodes, I do work from home, so I'm just kind of vibing, working every day. I truly do appreciate being in this position to work from home. Like, I don't think I'll ever go back to working at a job, like a quote unquote real job again. I just, I don't know. I enjoy the freedom. Uh, For those of you who care, Ice-T, my cat is doing great. He's minding his business as cats tend to do. He's had breakfast already, so I don't know where he is right now, but I'm not going to say his name too loud because I don't want him to just pop up. And if he does that, I'm going to have to edit him out and it's a whole thing. Yeah. I, I, I hope he stays right where he is. <laughs> but anyway, let's get started. So I watched this documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. Mm-hmm. For those of you who have not heard about it, it is a documentary on Netflix. And it's basically like a series of interviews that were held with executives of really important social media apps and platforms and not just social media apps. You also have the, um, some of the minds behind Facebook and Google who are interviewed as well. And these were people who had a, a, a really strong hand in the formative stages of these companies. So you have people from Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest and Google, Facebook, you know, companies like this. And These individuals are talking about some of the ethical dilemmas and some of the the problems that they've noticed with social media and how it's influencing our current reality and even democracies around the world. So they're having these conversations. And one thing that stuck out to me about the documentary is that they start talking about truth. Now, granted, I am not going to spill the beans on every aspect of the documentary, because I do want you to watch it. I think it warrants a, a good a good watch, but they do talk about truth. And it got me to really thinking about my own experiences with searching for the truth. And I don't know if, how do I phrase this? I don't know how to really confront this topic because there's so many different directions I could go in, but I guess I'll just have to give my personal experience. And maybe there'll, there will be like a part two to this because there's a lot I could say. But just for me personally, I have always been like a truth seeker. I'm pretty open-minded. And I guess the problem with being open-minded is that you don't judge too harshly. And when you're open to everything, you also end up catching a lot of crap. Like you get to see a lot of foolishness. But, you know, I try to 
do it all with a good sense of humor. And I do consider myself pretty teachable. So I try to learn from just about anyone because I do feel like there's always something to learn from everyone, regardless of who you are or what your walk through life is. I've always felt like there was something that I was reaching towards or aspiring to. I always felt that there was always more to learn. And I don't know why, I guess I was searching for something, not to give my life meaning, but to to learn more and more because there was so much about the world I didn't understand or didn't know. So I've always kind of been intellectually curious. I think that is probably the best way to describe it. Very intellectually curious. So if someone presents me with a a novel idea, I'll entertain it for the time being. I go through these thought exercises all the time. So when someone gives me new information, it's the perfect excuse to kind of go on this thought exercise and really explore the concept fully. This has led me to some dark places, though, and I don't regret it because I saw what I saw and I can't take it back. But I think that it gives me a unique perspective on the topic. So I'll tell you a story. Ooh, okay. (laughs) This is a safe space, right? Okay. So when I was on Twitter, I used to talk about, um, I think on a previous episode, my experiences with Instagram. Well, I have a completely different experience with Twitter. I actually liked Twitter because people could just give their opinions and there wasn't a burden to misrepresent myself or kind of pretend to be someone that I'm not. Twitter is just a space where people just talk, right? And I liked that. So my ideas were the things that got me a little mini following. I wasn't famous or anything, but I had, you know, a little following I had accumulated over time. And it wasn't because of, you know, things that I was doing or, and it wasn't like locals, people that I knew. It was complete strangers who seemed to like what it was that I had to say. They liked my takes on certain pop culture topics. So they followed me. Now, of course, I had friends, you know, who had accounts who were much, much larger than mine, with tens of thousands of followers. But, you know, I had a small but influential account. I had a lot of engagement. I would say my numbers were looking pretty good. That account has since been deleted. But, you know, that's to give you a picture of what my interactions were like on the app. At some point, I did manage to make a lot of uh, social media friends. These social media friends were people that I talked to quite frequently. We retweeted each other's stuff. We were always talking to each other, making threads, tagging each other in the threads. You know, we had a good relationship. Eventually, this kind of moved to more private group chats and we could talk about things more fully. And I got to know them a little bit more on a personal level. And I actually enjoyed this part of my interactions on the app because, you know, it wasn't just tweeting into the void. It was actually talking to people and getting to build personal relationships with them. And that's how I kind of met some of the contacts that I have now. Yeah, I'm I'm, going to end it there. But what I did notice was that, you know, some of the people that I knew or were in the group chats or whatever else, they had some interesting views. So for example, one of them was that they were very critical of men. And that wasn't a a bad thing, I guess. I mean, because they had a lot of like facts to back up their views and why they felt the way that they felt. And on certain points, I agreed with them, you know, just depending on what it was. So, you know, yeah, I admit that, you know, they had like this little bent on why they didn't like men, but 
I kind of took it as like a pop culture meme or reference because they consider themselves to be feminists. I'll leave it like that. So I kind of knew, or I thought I knew what their beliefs were. It wasn't surprising to me. Like they would make little jokes like men don't deserve rights. And I thought it was funny, right? Like, I'm like, okay, y'all are funny, you know, humor, whatever else. They're, it's all hyperbole. They're not serious. Well, eventually, you know, I was in these group chats talking to them and occasionally they would go on these different tirades or these little rants and, you know, it was all for entertainment's sake, so I didn't really care. They started referencing different YouTube creators that I was or was not familiar with. It just depends. And for those of you who are aware, some OG YouTube creators used to be on the platform, but eventually some of them have started to leave because YouTube is just a completely different space now. Like advertising has changed a lot of the things that content creators can upload. So it's become a lot more strict and you can get demonetized super quickly for little stuff. So it's kind of made some content creators go to other avenues or create their own platforms to, you know, take their audience over there and make money from that. There was such a person that my uh, circle was talking about, blah, blah, blah. And I had known of them. That's not even true. I actually didn't know who this person was. But they were telling me about it. And I was like, okay, cool. Apparently, they were a controversial figure. I didn't know this at the time, but they were very much a provocateur. So I was hearing about this individual. I watched some of their old videos, which had since been taken down. So I had to, you know, finagle a few things. But I saw some of the old content. And I was intrigued, right? Like I said, my intellectual curiosity got the best of me. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, this person seems really interesting. That's very interesting ideas, unique ideas, a little inflammatory on, on occasion, but for the most part, I thought it was interesting. I said, okay, cool. I'd like to hear more from this person. Turns out this person has a whole platform. They're no longer on like some of the more mainstream platforms like Twitter and uh, YouTube. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, this person has their own website, their own platform that they've built. And I found out that this should have been my first red flag, just in general. It was very much pay to play. The... The platform was orchestrated as more of like a subscription service. So you would pay hundreds of dollars a month to get access to the site. Now I know, I know, I know. You're asking who would do such a thing? Who would pay like $400 a month every month to get access to this random website? Well, a lot of people would. Um, there was promised discretion, legal protection, you could remain anonymous and your identities were protected. Uh, you essentially were promised a whole community of people who thought like you. And some people are willing to pay for that. You'd be surprised in this digital age what people are willing to pay for. That privacy and discretion is everything in certain circles. So, you know, I was told about it. I applied. There was a, a strong vetting process and I got in. I was allowed to get in. Now, I know some of you are saying, did you really pay $400 a month? No, I did not. Ladies and gentlemen, I did not pay $400 a month. But, you know, a lot of people did. I have my ways. I had some connections. The point is, I got access to the site. And I was kind of happy about it because, you know, it's like this elite site, you know, the vetting process, the legal paperwork, all of that. You get access and you're like, ooh, what's going on in here? You know, you're looking around, checking everybody out, see what's going on, who the movers and shakers are, who the moderators are. 
And honestly, at first I was like, this is really not that bad. Like I thought it was going to be something else. You know, I'm hearing about from other people what could be going down, but I didn't know, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm actually here. Let's see what's, let's see what's up. And what was interesting was a lot of people in the group were not just your basic average individuals, because let's be honest, most people are not spending $400 a month just to hop on a website. You know, that that's not a thing. So you had people who were like doctors and lawyers and technical consultants, educators, you know, professors. These are people who are kind of well-to-do. So you had your, you ran the gamut, right? There were so many different types of people there and a lot of them were professionals. So I was like, okay, cool. Like this is, this is seeming a little, a little elite. Like we got the, the head honchos out here. I was feeling some type of way. And you know, there were different events that were held. So, you know, if you could, you know, attend an event, which was usually held at a convenient time and date, the leader of all this, the, the charismatic personality that had put all of this together was hosting. And so there were these live streams that would span hours on end, different webinars and sessions and whatever else. It was like a whole workshop essentially that you would sign up for. And I wasn't mad at this. I mean, because, you know, get your money how you get your money, right? But I started noticing some odd things going down. Like, first and foremost, the leader was like this, it was almost like a personality cult that they had developed where you could not say anything to them. They were incredibly charismatic. They had such a way with words that was so compelling, like really compelling, gifted, I would say. And I was like, wow, like this person really has something special. I remember you know, noticing how people, if you disagreed with that person, even a slight disagreement, people will come down on you so hard for slight disagreements. Like it was ridiculous. And the, and the head honcho themselves would never have to, to say anything. Everybody else would clap back for them. They will put you in your place and let you know all the reasons why you were wrong and they were right. It was interesting. I also think that in this space, I started noticing that I thought it was one thing, but it ended up being something else. Like the views got really extreme because like I said, like originally, you know, I'm thinking, okay, these people are critical of men. They're acknowledging patriarchy exists. They're feminists and they believe it for inequality, whatever else. Okay, cool. I've heard this before. I'm not alarmed. Where things got interesting was it slowly got more extreme and, you know, it, you know, it ended up being how do I phrase this? Because I don't want to say everything. Long story short, these people are believers in like a female supremacy. So they believe that patriarchy rules the world now. And then like the way the world should be is like women ruling the world and women making the decisions. So yeah. And I, I was kind of surprised by this because I got walloped with it. I didn't think it was going to be like this. When people started saying some wild stuff, making you know, wild promises and saying all kinds of crazy stuff. I was wondering where the data was to support what they were saying before they had all this, this, these facts and information. And they had like, you know, all these studies to back up what they were saying. And, you know, being the college student that I am, I'm Googling, you know, I'm on Google scholar. I'm like, okay, cool. What they're saying, understandable, understandable, but it, it went way left. And that's the point I want to make is that I was just, I was genuinely surprised at how radical or extreme these views were. And they weren't being hyperbolic. They were serious. And so 
you know, when I'm noticing some crazy stuff going down, people talking about spell casting and whatever else, that's when I drew the line. I said, okay, now wait a minute. The, this is getting real, this is getting real wild. I, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. It's not what I wanted. I was just here for a good time and a kiki, not all of this. Um, and I know you guys are saying, how could you have fallen for this? I honestly didn't know. I, I didn't know these people were wild. And let me tell you what, what really kind of, what the straw that broke the camel's back for me personally. When, you know, during one of the live streams, if you managed to catch them because they were really long, so you could get like, there are other ways to get the information. But during one of the live streams, the person who was hosting all of this, they were pretty straightforward. And they were openly saying that like, if basically expressing, you know, how business has been for them. And they were talking about how before they were successful and they had the platform, they were relatively successful. But during the pandemic, they've actually hit six-figure months, not six-figure year, not annual. I mean, six-figure months. This person is hitting six figures a month. But when you think about it, it makes sense. If you're having like 150 people in a chat, and you know it's $400 a head every single month on top of all the bonus content that you can purchase and sign up for. And there's a lot of it. There's a wealth of knowledge and information available to people who want to pay. And that doesn't include private coaching and tutoring sessions and consultations. So I'm sitting here doing the math like, oh my gosh, this, this adds up. This person is making so much money off of all these people and these people are willingly paying for it. Who has a disposable income to be doing all this? It was mind boggling for me. So what is my point? My point is, you know, eventually I got out of there. I skedaddled. I dipped as quickly as I could. There were, there was an opportunity to do so. And I did, and I didn't look back. From that experience, I learned something really important, which is that the lies are becoming more elaborate. I know, I know. Some of you are like, how could you have fallen for this? How did you not see this coming? I did it because I believe in everyone's right to have their own platform and talk about whatever they want to talk about. Make your money how you make your money. You know, monetize your, your message and monetize whatever it is that you have to offer, your services, however you want to do it. I see no problem with that. That's not inherently problematic to me. But the it was like there was a funnel that was guiding people down these extremist views. And I tried to blow the whistle about it. I did. I did try to say, hey guys, like, I think this is problematic. And I wasn't calling out people individually, but I was like in those circles that I was now in saying, hey, like, you know, I think we should reconsider. I think this is a little, I think we should reconsider some things. This is going a little bit too far. And eventually I just had to leave because nobody was listening. In fact, I was a, considered a her heretic, I guess. I'm out here, you know, trying to warn them about things that I was noticing, problematic behavior, cult of personality tendencies, and no one was listening. So eventually I saw myself out and I just, you know, cut ties and left it at that, deleted the account, no longer exists. The point I'm trying to make is that like the lies are so elaborate. AI is not tomorrow. AI is today. How these people even found me, I'm not sure because they weren't espousing these views as radical as they were online. So I don't know how we even connected. Not really. kind of see, but I kind of don't. Another thing that really blew my mind was the fact that these people were, they sincerely believed what they were saying. They weren't being hyperbolic. They weren't exaggerating. They believed what they were saying to be the truth. Misinformation, y'all. 
And these are not just random, you know, people in the middle of nowhere in the woods in the boondocks with no education. These are people with several degrees. You know what I'm saying? Like there were people who were very well educated who should have known better. And yet they fell prey to this. This sort of like road to radicalization, as I'm calling it. It, it, it really, truly opened my eyes to how dangerous things are now. And it's I'm seeing people in my real life, people who I know personally, old and young, falling prey to these sort of extremist views on both sides of the aisle. And it's 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 kind of disturbing because I understand that the truth is it's not as glamorous as we would wish it to be. So it doesn't attract a lot of attention. The lies and the misinformation and the half-truths, they spread a lot faster. And the problem with half-truths, which is what we're seeing, you know, everywhere, everybody is telling half of the truth, half of the story. Really what you're seeing is that people are being attracted by the sliver of truth that they're being presented, and then they use that to defend the lie. You know, like they they are trapped by the truth, and then they assume all of it's true. And then they start defending the lies when you can disprove them. You know, it's it's very interesting. It's fascinating to witness this as someone who's seen it firsthand. And I see, you know, these different paths to radicalization as they present in different ways in society on both sides of the aisle politically. So, you know, for me, I think when we talk about being the best version of ourselves, how to improve, how to grow, Part of my process is understanding that that journey to find the truth is perilous, right? Because these artificial intelligence, these, these robots, these algorithms, they don't discern between right and wrong and truth and not truth. They discern between that's what's addicting and what's not, what drives engagement and what doesn't. And it's going to recommend people. It's going to recommend ideas and pages on Facebook and accounts that are having the most growth and the most followers, the most engagement, regardless of whether it's good for you or not. And you can become entrapped in it. And the road to, you know, finding out the truth is not subjective. It is very objective. And I want to emphasize this. There, there is no greater path than finding out the truth and what that actually is. And it's not subjective to the individual. There is an objective truth. There is an objective reality that we are all living in. And what I've noticed is we are perfectly content with trying to compare reality, compare truths. Well, my version of reality and your version of reality, they can both be different and we can coexist. Not true. Because there's certain things that we believe or that some individuals believe that are reprehensible, that are anti-democratic, that are hateful, and they have to be condemned, right? We can't just be like, oh, you know, we can just coexist and live and everything's great. That doesn't work in the real world. You know, I don't want to get too much into the political aspect. Maybe I'll do a whole other episode on that because I can really get into the political philosophy of why that is so incredibly toxic and it's not good for us. It's not good to sit here and say that we can believe everything, any and everything is good. We'll accept it all. It's not possible. There are some things that we as individuals and as a society, we cannot accept and we cannot be forced to accept it. And if you do, there's going to be a war. There's quite literally going to be a war because some things are just not acceptable. So what do we do? When we're searching for the truth, one thing that's really important is being skeptical. 
being incredibly skeptical and critical of ourselves and other people and their intentions, right? You can't just take things at face value. You have to be incredibly critical. Ask a lot of questions. And I think the people who are the liars are going to be the ones that get angry when you ask the questions. When you start asking questions and you start being more thoughtful and seeing through the persuasion, if they start getting angry with you, if they start gaslighting you, if they start, you know, basically act, acting as if, how dare you even ask this question? There's a lie somewhere in there and you need to figure out where the lie is. I think that, you know, as we look for what's truthful, what is real, what is meaningful, I think we should also consider that the truth may be more divisive than the lie that it's easier to mobilize people and get people on your side when you're lying to them because you're telling them something that they want to hear. But the truth, the truth may hurt your feelings. The truth, you know, I think that we think that if we're all living these different disparate realities and no one can agree on what's true anymore, that if that suddenly changes and we all agree that there is one objective reality, there is one truth, and this is what we should be reaching for as a society that if we find that truth, that we're all just going to be on the same page. And that's not that's not realistic. There's truths and there's lies. And believe it or not, people will still continue to choose lies, even when they know it's a lie. It happens. Historically, it happens. You know, it, it's the, the truth is just not as glamorous. It's not as appealing. And often it cuts like a knife. So the way I see it, right, we need to evaluate ourselves, evaluate the people around us, understand that the truth is not always marketable. It's not always newsworthy. It's not going to be something that you can commodify. Sometimes it just is. And I think that as individuals, perhaps what we can do is work on accepting the truth and telling the truth about ourselves as we see it, as opposed to lying, as opposed to covering up information. You know, we, we need to tell the truth and not only about the world at large, but also about ourselves. You know, we need to be critical about our own intentions, our own motives, how we behave and not, you know, judge ourselves just based on our intentions, but what we're actively doing, how we're actively showing up in the world. And if we're honest about it and look at our look at our actions objectively, we may come to some conclusions that we don't like. So what do you do with the truth? Do you bury it? Do you ignore it or do you confront it head on? I don't know. These are just things to think about. Like I said, you know, I would say keep your eye out on potentially a part two because there's a lot more I can talk about. But for now, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts because you love it that much. Visit at It's More Than Potential on Instagram. You can also visit morethanpotential.com. That is the blog. We talk about some of the same topics on the blog, but the podcast is a little bit more philosophical in my opinion. So follow Vogue. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. We will be available on Pandora within the next week. So look forward to that. We are expanding our reach, guys. So once again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. It means the world to me. And last but not least, like I always say, if you're ready to do the work, then let's go ahead and get started. Oh, by the way, that was Ice. Ice says hello. <laughs> All right, guys. Peace out.